Welcome to Hashing It Out, a podcast where we talk to the tech innovators behind blockchain infrastructure and decentralized networks. We dive into the weeds to get at why and how people build this technology and the problems they face along the way. Come listen and learn from the best in the business so you can join their ranks. Welcome back to Hashing It Out. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Corey Petty. Today we have a, a little more interesting episode where we are going to talk to Rajiv from Securium. Uh, I'll allow him to introduce himself in a moment. But also, um, as a part of Securium Smart Contract, Smart Contract Auditing Boot Camp, um, he's recently finished up the first epoch, and we wanted to bring on some of the, the top participants of Epoch Zero to talk about their experience and what they plan to do. So we also have Hadrian and David from the Epoch Zero, potentially another one if he joins us midway through. Uh, but to start us off, do the normal thing, Rajiv. Tell us about yourself um, and a little bit about Securium. Sure. Um, thanks, Cody, for uh, having us here from Securium. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm Rajiv, started Securium. Well, Securium has a bit of an interesting context, like with any project that started about uh, roughly about a year ago, actually exactly about a year ago, uh, as a newsletter, a weekend newsletter, while I was working with Corey at Status. Um, and that evolved into uh, the bootcamp that we're going to be talking about uh, in this podcast. So uh, so yeah, as for myself, so I've been uh, doing different aspects of security, software security, hardware security for a long time now. Um, have been working with blockchain, specifically Ethereum, for the last several years, um, and smart contract security made absolute sense. Uh, just combining my language security background with uh, with Ethereum smart contracts. Um, so yeah, so that that was how I got into smart contract security, and uh, really got to dive deep into it during my stint with uh, Trade of Bits. Uh, where I worked with, uh, with Jocelyn to add a lot of support to the Slither tool, which is a static analysis tool for the smart, smart contract sensibility. So that's how I got into um, smart contract security and Securium. Like Cody said, we had uh, we had a good Epoch Zero bootcamp uh, last year, second half of last year, and uh, which is what we'll be talking about. So uh, thanks to David and Adrian and hopefully Bo, who made the job. Uh, so we have a fun thing with type people, but, but yeah, that's me and a lot of, uh, lot of other things planned for security. David, do you want to give us a quick introduction? Sure. Uh, so I'm, so my background, I'm a software engineer. I used to, I actually started in crypto less than, than a year ago. Uh, about uh, last July, in last July when uh, FCC happened in, uh, in Paris. Uh, and I was, I never worked in security, but uh, I was always interested in security, like in the Web2 space already. And coming into Web3, I thought it was really interesting. In, and when I saw the opportunity that Rajiv uh, talked about, like about the Securium Bootcamp, I jumped on it right away. And, uh, and I loved it, actually. Yeah, and I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Adrian? Yeah, I've been in, in the crypto space way longer than David. <laughs> it's been almost five years now. Uh, I joined during the end of my PhD in 2017, during the old ICO era. 
and there was a lot of, of demand back then and it felt like a very interesting career choice to to go into into solidity and, and web free development and and i had the perfect opportunity to do that uh many years later now i'm a solidity developer at open zeppelin which is pretty well known firm in the space both for for audits but but also for for open source smart contract which is what i work on and and like when i saw the, the security initiative for for the bootcamp uh, it felt more like a didn't feel like something i really needed in terms of of career choices but it was a very interesting challenge for me to to pursue uh, hopefully learning additional things about solidity and and i really i really enjoyed it enjoyed the quiz uh, hope Obviously, I may have not taken it as seriously as, as other people because I, I was very much uh, occupied by other other activity. But it always felt very interesting. My Sundays were like, "Hey, this week I'm going to do the quiz and and and, and test myself. How, how how good am I?" That's interesting. You come from two very different perspectives. I'm I'm curious to see like your experience there, Rajiv. Before we get into that, um, like, tell us about the the process of creating the boot camp because I know that you wanted to make it uh, a level of difficulty that was higher than when, than what I'm currently aware of today um, to really make people spend a significant amount of time during a boot camp understanding the material, especially if they're coming in more fresh like David. Uh, you talk about the process of trying to make a curriculum like that that's you think is fair but also accessible and gets people to the required threshold of knowledge to be dangerous in solidity? Yeah, um, I think I think it would be fair to say that securing the direction of the bootcamp, I mean, it was, it was really an experiment to start with, right? Um, and the origin, maybe sort of giving the context for that, uh, the origin of or really the motivation for the bootcamp sort of came about when uh, Cody, when uh, you and I were, uh, you know, mentoring the Gitcoin kernel security track, um, which was much broader. I mean, had fantastic people, and uh, that's when I realized. I mean, I obviously worked on smart contract security as part of Slither, um, and then just seeing the uh, people, different people from different contexts working on so many projects everything really happening on Solidity back, uh, at least back at that time. So it, it looked like there was a lot of need for not just Solidity expertise, but then coming in from a security background. Obviously, security is a huge aspect. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Uh, it looked like everyone needed to learn, both the devs as well as the security, uh, whoever wants to get into security uh, auditing or you know, maybe just broadly security or smart contracts. Right. So there was a huge need, um, both from a content and a structure perspective. Um, uh, we had, we still have fantastic content from um, all the various audit firms, right? I mean, Open Zeppelin, Failabits, Diligence, Sigma Prime, what have you, right? So I mean, they've been sort of leading the, uh, they've been the torchbearers in the space, right? In the smart contract security space. Uh, but what I saw was that we needed a more structured approach. Um, and just curating all the content and making it accessible in a way, uh, accessible as well as sort of uh, uh, you know being open to anyone, you know, like, like uh, David, who's still from a software background, but probably new security background, and maybe you know uh, the more uh, experienced people like Hadrian, who have spent a lot of time in crypto. So to keep everyone engaged, be welcoming to everyone. I mean, that was really my 
uh, motivation. Um, so, so yeah, so that that was sort of the motivation, and then somebody suggested uh, why not apply uh, for a for a grant to the Ethereum Foundation. So I did, um, and then we also got uh, three fantastic partners uh, in Failobits, Diligence, Consensus Diligence, and Sigma Prime. All three auditing firms all were very supportive. So we all came together, and uh, and that was really the origin. And in terms of the structure, was I can get into you know, as many details as we want, but it was a six-month uh, effort, three months of really putting all the content together and three months of the actual boot camp. So like you said, it was definitely a challenge trying to uh, squeeze everything, right? Um, we had uh, you know, everyone look at Ethereum for just one week, uh, Solidity 101 for one week, then Solidity 201, a lot of the open separate stuff, everything compressed in one week before we went into security. So we really needed all that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, um, that was how it went and happy to dive into more details. I'll be curious to know how David and Hadrian, you know, felt about uh, really dealing with all that uh, information in the uh, six weeks, sorry, in the eight weeks that they had. Should I go? Should I say something? Yeah. Uh, I had your chance to tell him if you sucked. <laughs> it was great, actually. No, it was very good, and there was as you, there was so much information, and I can I we could feel like we could see that you put so much work into it. But and uh, so as I said, as a kind of beginner, uh, I was a bit overwhelmed. Like there was so much information, and uh, on top of that, like every time I was going one way and researching something, like I would. Of course, like go down, like uh, keep finding new things to read and to look into, and like new things that I needed to understand. And so I never stopped. Like uh, all the learn phase, uh, I had. I, I and on top of that, like I, I didn't say it. Actually, I'm, I'm working full time at uh, uh, on a protocol like uh, that we launched a few months ago. So every every free time that I had, I was working on the bootcamp basically on Securium. But yeah, I learned so much stuff. It's it's it was a, it was amazing. And the, and it's it's great to see that Adrian who has so much experience uh even took the bootcamp and I'm sure like you you'll confirm that on on that but I'm sure you'll learn the some things too. Yeah, my 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 idea was very different because I mean there are a lot of 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 learning materials for Solidity. And everybody is always asking me, where should I go? So I need to check what exists to know what I should advise. And at first, I was going to go into Securum thinking like, hey, maybe I can just speed run that, like just take the tools <laughs> both material. And, and the truth is like there is a lot of material because it's both written text and, and YouTube videos. for. So depending on what people are, are more attracted to in terms of, of kinds of material, I'm sure they can find something that suits their needs. My way of approaching that, as I said, was on Monday, I tried, on, on sorry, on Sunday, I tried to speedrun that and I gave myself one hour to do these things that some people might have spent 10 or 20 hours just working on. So I was just like trying to read as fast as possible through the document and take the quiz. And my my guess at initially was that I would be able to take the quiz with out even reading the material. And that was not true because there were always like very, very interesting points and very fancy points that, that were very interesting that also for the event point of view. And when the when it moved into like solidity, 
it showcased a lot of open Zeppelin code, so that I was very, very familiar with, obviously. But it also showcased other pieces of code that are not open Zeppelin, and it was very insightful for me to to see what other practices are in this space. And the end of the Securium bootcamp was, was mostly about tooling. Uh, we talked about talked about Slither, but all of the other tooling. And this was also very interesting for me to have this view because now it's tooling that. I try to include in my day-to-day -day operation, like we added support for automatic leader tests in, in Open Zeppelin recently. It was not really related, but it happened really at the same time. So that was, that was interesting. And the last thing that I want to say, what was very interesting is that, as we just said, that it took them months to prepare the material and then publish that. And between the actual bootcamp and the preparation, like the, the, the protocol did change. Like we had uh, 1559, mm -hmm and things like that. So it was also very interesting, like from someone that is actively following all this evolution of the protocol to come in on the Discord and say, oh, by the way, these questions are assuming Ethereum like two months ago. And, and, and let's discuss what's changed since then. And it was very interesting discussions. That is interesting to try. And this is something that I've, uh, people have always asked me because I come from, from a, like a background of academia and so does Rajiv. And so uh, throughout the, the years that I've been in here, people will say like, well, how do I do this at like a college level? Like what, what courses do I take to learn facility development or smart contract development? And the answer is you don't because, because it's changing so rapidly. I would say the best bootcamp that I'm aware of for um, combining the requisite knowledge to, to, to start saying you're proficient to these things is, is Securium and it's a bootcamp and you just explain the concept of the underlying protocol changing during the process of the first one. So like building evergreen material is very difficult in this industry and it may take a while for that to happen. And even for like an experienced person as yourself coming in and saying you learn things, I think it's valuable, but I'm like, uh, what's the, who, who's this program for and who is it not for? Because I, I kind of want people, I, I always push people to say, where do I go to learn smart contract security? Because like you, Hadrian, I've gone through way too many courses and I speed run them to make sure, like to, to understand the quality of them. And so that I can reasonably say, this is a good program, go do this, or this is where you come from. Maybe you should try this one out. This is maybe if you're into this type of material, this is a good one. Um, or this is, this is you know, garbage, don't try that. And I only basically say Securium at this point because it's the one that I know is going to keep up with the material and it has the right people in it to be able to do that. Like, but it's hard. So who is it not for, I guess? And any of you can take that. People who yeah. are not willing to spend the time and their energy working on that. It's hard. Like You have to be dedicated. It, I would say it's like adding a, an additional topic to your master's degree. Like you have maybe five, six, seven courses, and this is the eighth one that you're going to do on top. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was um, for, for good or for bad. I think uh, I, I wanted to take a breadth first approach uh, because there's just so much to learn, right? I mean, if you, uh, who is it not for? I guess simple answer would be if you're not interested in Ethereum, if you're not interested in security, then it is not for you. Right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's still a very uh, wide net um, because, I mean, Securium is really security plus Ethereum, right? And is it going to evolve um, 
uh, hopefully yes, is it going to catch up with everything the 1559, like Adrian said, with the upcoming merge, solidity is changing uh, so fast as we speak. Um, OpenZeppelin is changing, right? I mean, their libraries are uh, you know, getting more and more, uh, or maybe you know, code, the code is getting more optimal. So it's it's never going to be the same, right? So keeping up and uh, staying evergreen, as you said, it's going to be hard. But um, in terms of who's it for, uh, I guess from a Ethereum ethos perspective, I really wanted it to be breadth first, as in for people who are new to, I mean, we had, I think, some participants who weren't even from computer science, right? Uh, they were uh, people who just were interested in the concept of uh, security and how does it work, uh, maybe from a program management perspective, maybe from a very different angle, right? So uh, obviously, um, the it's a much steeper learning curve for for uh, such people, but um, the intent was really to keep it open to them as well and open not just from a difficulty of the content, but from keeping it, uh, making it free and accessible to everyone. So that's what the VF grant and the sponsor partners enabled uh, Security to do was to keep it free. So anyone, I mean, uh, all this content is out there. As we know, um, it has to be updated, but it's all open. People can look at it. And in the current version of the bootcamp, there is no fixed structure. So you don't really have to sign up uh, to be part of the bootcamp because it's always running. So people can learn. They can join anytime. And by join, I mean just join the Discord. Securium exists purely on the Discord. So they join in whenever they're ready to assess themselves take a quiz, they're calling it races, they register, get a code, take the race, people who uh, you know, are uh, performed really well in the race are invited to care for different protocols or participate in other more advanced learning opportunities uh, that we are doing with uh, Sertura, Spearbit, or any of uh, the other uh, teams in this space. So that's, and then again, it's open to part-time people who are in this part-time nights and weekends like David, people like Hadrian, I don't know, I don't know how, you know, I mean, Hadrian, I can understand, right? He's been looking at this for like five years. And um, uh, I mean, he said he didn't really spend too much time, but nevertheless, he was in the top. And, and we should clarify that the people like Hadrian and David, they were the top four participants across um, what was the number? I think 128. No, it was like that. It was more than that. Yeah. So we started with 650 people, a thousand plus people registering, but 650 people took the first quiz, and then about 256 people finished all the eight quizzes, one quiz every week. Uh, and out of those 256 people, uh, you know, Adrian and David and two others go and uh, someone else. So they were in the top four, right? So it's not just about how. Uh, well, they mastered the topics, how well they did those quizzes, but also their persistence and dedication. So kudos to you too. Yeah, congrats to that. Because I know it wasn't a, an easy feat, even it may have been easy, more easy for Adrian, but I had heard quite a few people in different communities that I didn't talk about the difficulty of the quizzes and the amount of like not realizing that it takes a lot, a lot of time to, to if you wanted to go through all the material to get through the material. And I think that's a lot something a lot of people aren't necessarily accustomed to, especially when it's on like the first epoch was or epoch zero. Uh, 
was on like a schedule every week. And so you were expected to get through all the materials in order to answer the quiz in the week, which requires a number of hours. And that's something that a lot of people aren't accustomed to is like when I, in my experience with previous courses, whether it be like Coursera or like MIT courses or whatever online, it's, it's, I can kind of run through it, all the material in like a, maybe an hour and then take the quiz where this was like, no, you're going to go a little longer, which is more akin to, uh, like you said, an addition to a master's course. And so like, I found that an interesting, David, did you, like, what was your experience starting to learn the material from like software development and then adjusting yourself to the amount of time required to get, to get the quizzes done appropriately? Yeah. So um, actually, I think it was a good thing to have like those deadlines and this timing. If it wasn't for that, like if we didn't have to finish the quiz by next week, like it was every Sunday we had to take the quiz, uh, I would have probably given up. Like I wouldn't have finished it. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think it was good. Like it, I had like a deadline in mind, like every week. And by Sunday, I needed to finish all the material, make sure I understood it and take the quiz. And I liked it. And to add on to what Rajiv was saying before, and actually what you were just saying now, like uh, that you took some Coursera classes and uh, what's really good, I think, uh, what really um, makes the Securum Bootcamp more in also more interesting, like on top of the material and what makes it more interesting than just a regular Coursera class is also the Discord, like what you were saying, Rajiv, like the fact that it's fully open, like it's awesome. And you know that you have like a full community like uh, that can help you if you don't understand anything. Like if you if something that you don't understand, you can just go to the Discord and uh, ask the question, and some people are going to answer you. Like the community on the Discord is really nice, actually. Yeah. That's yeah, I mean, we got a we got a fantastic set of uh, mentors. Uh, you know, Cody is one of the mentors. We have Martin Holtzwende from Ethereum Foundation. We have Samson. We have uh, really... Uh, yeah, I don't belong in the ranks of some of those, some of these people. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, I think that's, that's the nice thing about Ethereum, right? I mean, we have people, I mean, that this is really the permissionless open aspect that I love. I mean, people come in from so many different perspectives. I mean, Cody is, um, you know, I, I think he's uh, not taking enough credit, but Corey has worked at Status, I mean, in different roles. Uh, you know, you should check out. I mean, he was mentoring, really started the kernel security track. I mean, he has a team of uh, security team at Status and comes in with very, maybe, you know, not as deep as uh, some of the others in smart contract security, but I think that's the point, right? I mean, security as such, if you look back, has been around as much, you know, well, cryptography has been around for, centuries but if you look at computer security or software security it's been around for like 40 50 uh, years right i mean several decades ever since um, the mainframes so in i mean that i don't think that aspect is much appreciated um, in the blockchain space where we want to see everything from a very new pair of eyes new set of eyes but there's just some fundamental security principles that I mean, if you look at access control, everything that we may talk about, admins and modifiers and uh, governance and tokens and all that stuff, but fundamentally, these are different technologies and different primitives, right, um, that have their roots in basics of uh, confidentiality, integrity, availability that have been around for 
ever, right? So being able, so so yeah, I mean that that is you know, Cody definitely sees that part, and we have different sets of mentors. Um, be it Samson who looks at it from you know from a very uh, white hat perspective. I mean the nuts and bolts of EDM, solidity, protocols, and then we have uh, many others as well. So I think that is that is really the community that uh, um, you know, that Securium could become. Uh, and, and yeah. Speaking of which, I mean, this is something that we talked about early on when you were forming the ideas of, of Securium and the, and the curriculum, for at least for Epoch Zero, and uh, was, was like something that Hadrian had mentioned, like, this is incredibly broad, like, and you would wanted to go breadth first, but breadth first in Solidity smart contracts. And what you've alluded to is that the concept of security in Web3 is massively larger than just smart contracts themselves, whether it be like um, organizational security, like tooling. Yeah, sure. But we can talk about monitoring, which doesn't quite come into this. There's a lot of other aspects you could think about when, think, when, when discussing um, security in this ecosystem and what we what you cover so far in securium is making sure people can be adept at handling solidity smart contracts and the available tooling around um gaining confidence and security of, of the code right and like how it how you know compiles and goes down to evm and but that's focused on smart contracts themselves do you plan to stay there and because that's you. You could. There's a. There's plenty of home to just stay there, develop it, and be successful forever. And the, and the, and the thought process of moving to a larger breadth, if you will, or having swim lanes dedicated to different types of security is a lot of work. What are your plans there? Yeah, um, I think. Like you said, I mean, there's there's a lot to be covered. Web three, in many ways, is um, you know, if you want to simplify it, right? We have smart contracts plus off chain stuff, right? Plus all the other opsec, devsecops that maybe we inherit from the web two world. So all those are there. Uh, but I think for now, I mean, Securium is really focused on security of Ethereum, and the biggest challenge is uh, in smart contract security. Right. I mean, yes, we do have. It, it's all part of uh, uh, you know part of the puzzle because smart con- contracts get broken not just because of bugs in the contracts, but because you know somebody lost their dev keys and uh, somebody deployed a new contract with those keys and boom, right, um, millions of dollars lost. So in terms of focus, I think for now uh, the goal is going to be to first address smart contract security, not not just from a from an auditing perspective. Because I, I mean I, I keep getting this question on the Discord or even DMs that, hey, I'm interested in security, but not I don't want to become an auditor, right? So that was the focus of the first Bigbox Zero Bootcamp. Um, because auditors or the projects like Open Zeppelin or uh, diligence trail of Sigma Bank, they're they do many things, but then smart contract auditing is one of the big things that they do. So that is still uh, very, very critical to this ecosystem. But in security, as we know, we have this concept of shift left, right? We don't want to push security to the auditors uh, post-deployment or just before deployment. We want to move it to the developers, to the designers. So that, I think, is the goal, is ultimately to keep moving 
security in smart contracts on on ethereum uh, today all that is in solidity we keep moving it shift we keep shifting it left so getting more developers right and uh, helping them improve the security jobs so that the quality of the code the reliability security of it keeps the bar keeps raising so that we don't become so dependent as a community towards this you know build audit launch uh, cycle right uh, and when all the pressure is really on the auditors to uh, make sure that there are no bugs because that's really not possible right so the focus is short answer is yes off chain all the other aspects i think we may get into monitoring and other things but that may be uh, on demand i mean if uh, let's say open zeppelin or uh, uh, forte or tenderly whoever else comes and says hey we want to you know uh, really work with the securing community and we want to train them and we want to maybe hire them and things like that uh, i'll be uh, well security will be open to it uh, but then it's also limited by my bandwidth right i mean securium today is really and the sole organizer uh, which obviously doesn't scale when it comes to security so um, i don't have very uh, good answers on how that is going to scale uh, will there be people uh, as of now i'm looking to maybe get more volunteers uh, paid volunteers to help as securium tries to scale so a lot of what gets addressed will depend on how securium can scale itself I, that's an interesting topic you bring up is the concept of security auditor. When most people hear that, they think about these elite people that they rely on after they develop some smart contract and then have to get an audit before they launch for a myriad of marketing confidence purposes. And that's like you mentioned, that's kind of the mentality that a lot of people have is build audit release and which puts a lot of the pressure of solving what I would consider low-hanging fruit on auditors, where in my opinion, that's a waste of their time. So the concept of shift left is teaching developers that they can also be auditors themselves. And there's a tremendous amount of work that they can do. And so, I mean, David, you, you may represent one of these people, uh, a smart contract developer working for a company building a protocol that now has a lot more tools in your tool belt to, um, get code at a much better state when you're ready to go to an auditor. Can you explain like maybe how your mentality has shifted in the process of, of learning about these things and how it maybe changed your development process? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Um, like things like after the secure bootcamp, I think I was, I started like looking at things differently and like uh, be more uh, like look, look at all the pitfalls that we were uh, learning like in the boot camps like uh, things that i didn't see before like uh, now i see them right away and all the tools that are available to us like for example like rajiv was talking about slither slither and uh, like all those tools that that were made for securing your contracts and that i didn't know about before or didn't know how to run like now i can just run them and uh, like see where I made mistakes or where there could be a potential exploit. And this is the thing that is like, my contracts are going to be way more secure when they get in the hands of the auditor and the auditor can actually do their work, like more manual work and actually look deeper into the contracts and try to find something that I, that I didn't see. 
but like all those tools that are available to us, like every developer should use them. Adrian, on your side, which is, I guess, a little more closer to the auditor side, I'm not exactly sure what you do at Open Zeppelin because y'all do so much. Like you have standards building, you do auditing, there's monitoring um, all within a single organization. Have you, like, how much does it make you happy that an effort like this is underway where developers come to the table with um, using standards appropriately and um, maybe understand what they're asking when they come to an auditor? Well, I mean, in Open Zeppelin, we have this pretty strong separation between what we call the security team that is in charge of audit and the product team. Product mm -hmm. team that does contract and defender. And now we have also Forta that you mentioned as, as a spin up of Open Zeppelin uh, that also deals with, with monitoring and, and security. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not in the shoes of the auditor, so I can't tell you for sure, but I'm pretty confident that they enjoy when the people that come to, to the audits have, have already done like the best they could to make sure the code is clear, make sure that simple things are, are working. Like when you when you go, to, I mean, there is a guideline to how to, to, to prepare your code for an audit. And, and these guidelines might not be applied that often. And I'm sure Securium is, is really like teaching people how to, to do that, possibly by putting them in the shoes of an auditor. But like, and audits are expensive. Like audits are super. If you want good auditors, it's super expensive. And the, the more you prepare the code, the more you will make sure that the auditors are actually checking stuff that is very critical, essential, that is not able to do by a tool. It, like if the auditor spend time just making sure your code compiles and that's little runs, like it's it's engineer time that you're paying. So it's better for everybody. I cannot stress that point enough it's something i've been screaming from the mountaintops for quite a while now is if you want to pay less on audits do more on your side to prepare for an audit so that they're not wasting their time trying to find re-entrency bugs that slither catches in three seconds and by doing this work um and going through a process like securium and like being able to understand these things you're able to then get to a point where you can identify the right kinds of questions you should be asking an auditor in the first place, as opposed to, I built some stuff, can you audit it? Which is more often than not what people are coming to auditors for or with. And the auditor then has to spend a tremendous amount of very expensive engineering time just trying to figure out what they should be looking at, as opposed to saying, this is the scope of what I'm looking for. I want confidence in this particular thing. Can you check for this? And then that's done. So in the current state of smart contract security and people getting audits, there's long lines and it's very expensive. And if you would like to cut that line a little bit, coming to the table with something like that, will your auditor will thank you and you'll pay less money for it. And you'll get better work because they're spending more time doing the things that, uh, they're really good at and and i would say the i don't know how to put this like one of the largest weaknesses of the current ecosystem is the amount of talent in security for smart contracts and the, the compared with the overwhelming demand for that that work right that imbalance is is really hard and this is why i, I push something like securium so hard is because it is at least a funnel for both developers and auditors to um 
rise the tide of 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 that relationship absolutely i mean uh, i think one of the several points right one what david mentioned uh, the goal is to get everyone who goes through the security boot camps right um just familiar with not just with the tooling uh, not just with all the various libraries the solidity all these concepts but also the security mindset right we keep saying this um so uh, hopefully when you know when david is writing his uh, new you know v2 for his protocol when he uh, types out a line of uh, solidity code you know there's probably a part of him that is looking at it from a security um in a mindset and saying oh wait a minute okay this return value for this function uh, this it returns something but i'm not checking it so that is a red flag right so uh, that i think is part of shift left so i think that uh, tooling plus the mindset i think that will help um, you know uh, both people who want to build a career in security auditing whatever that is as well as moving it shifting it left towards the security mindset in the developers themselves and the second key point Uh, that Cody you brought up is, and and Hadrian as well is to get the code as ready as possible before the audit, right? Is I mean you you guys I think covered all the points why that is critical. Long lines, more expensive. So if you're paying top dollars, you would rather have all the low hanging fruits covered yourself, right? Uh, and let uh, the Open Zeppelin team or uh, Jocelyn's team and Trail of Bits or Gonzalo's at Diligence. really look deep and a lot of the effort today by the way is also manual right so we have this tooling that is still a work in progress we, i mean fantastic tooling from sertora diligence trail of bits all around right but i think we are really early so while that while we you know make progress towards that a lot of the bugs today at least compared to 2 years ago are in that are in what is known as application one right which is out of scope for the tools because you can't generalize them so uh, jocelyn or, or his team gonzalo's team or mandy's team so they really had to spend the time to write the test to manually analyze and that is you know we only have so many hours right uh, manual effort so the other aspect that securium is strongly pushing on is this concept of audit readiness um, or uh, some people want to call it pre audit but that aspect of care right comprehensive audit readiness evaluation uh, is something that uh, would hopefully help i mean that's again putting a structure to this concept of uh, audit readiness as opposed to you know letting david's team take care of all the security and then go for an audit maybe there is a stage in between where there is potentially a community effort within securium that can look at your protocol code before it goes for an audit right be it 3 months or 6 months down the line wherever it is ready and essentially takes care of all the basic pitfalls and best practices that the open zeppelin team all these other teams have come up with right we take care of all that so that jocelyn's team or uh, um, you know the open zeppelin team can actually spend the time running their tools and spending their manual analysis on things that matter and like uh, cody you said not worry about the reentrances that a slither can flag uh, and be taken care of much ahead of time so i think those are critical aspects i think that's a part of the 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 program that needs to be clarified like you have two phases of security one is a learn phase and one is a audit phase where people who show promise with 
um, doing the quizzes of the learn phase and show that they understand the material well enough can enter into a second group that gets exposure to this this care program. Can you explain that a little a little more? And uh, after that, I'd love to hear like your experience with this process of learning and then being exposed to actual real code and finding real issues of a of a pre audit or, or or care getting people ready to go to audit. Sure. Uh, so I'll start by apologizing for the evolving terminology. Um, so the, I'll just talk about the terminology. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so the terminology that we're using these days uh, with the Securium Bootcamp is there is a learn, there is a raise, and a care, right? So learn is really all the content with Securium that was already uh, prepared in the box zero, as well as all the other content uh, from all the other various teams, right? All this has to keep evolving and getting better. So that is going to be an ongoing process. So that is, you know, that is going to happen. But coming to the next phase is the race phase. Race is uh, just a readiness assessment for care. Uh, and care is a comprehensive audit readiness evaluation. Right, uh, sort of a mouthful, but what it really says is that care is really where the rubber hits the road. It's really the practical aspect of what an auditor would do, what a reviewer, if you know how to use the word audit, what a security reviewer would do, or what uh, David or any other protocol developer themselves, their teams would do, is write the code and then look at it and review it to see if there are any security issues. Right. So that is really the care phase. That's the audit readiness phase before the project goes for the audit. And that is happening in the Securium Bootcamp. And that obviously requires two things. It requires a real-world project to come in. And this is where uh, you know, protocols uh, that are ready to you know, go for an audit can come in. And uh, this is, again, it's a paid service to, with Securium. So they come in, and uh, it, it it's really lasts for a week. Um, and they have their code frozen, ready for the audit, maybe almost ready, and they have the security, uh, well, the Securium community, right? Today, it is about 16 people who have been selected. The top 16 participants from a race uh, are selected for a care. So they come in and they review the protocol. They, uh, you know, they, they publish all their findings, put it in a report, and what I do, what the Securium uh, uh, representative does is really take all the findings and note that, I mean, not everyone uh, who's reviewing is, uh, you know, at a level that uh, David or Adrian is, right? So we have all these uh, aspiring security uh, experts or developers, right? So some of the findings may be valid, some of them may be invalid. Um, so what, what Securium does is, Securium, in this case, it's me. So I review the code myself, I look at the findings, and then I sort of uh, judge which is valid or not. And then I compile all the valid findings, and that becomes a care report that goes to the protocol, right? Which can work on those findings and fix them before they go for an audit. So the protocol hopefully is happy. The audit team that eventually ends up auditing that protocol hopefully is happy because all the basic things have been cleaned out. So now they can focus on the deeper application logic of economic attacks and what have you. And the Securium participants uh, get a chance, get an opportunity to actually review code that potentially has uh, bugs because it has not been audited. 
right? And it is a real world protocol that's obviously security minded, security conscious because they are coming to secure you. Uh, they're also community conscious. They want to work with the community, right? Um, so they get to do this review and get whatever feedback uh, possible from the protocol team itself. And all this happens on Discord, right? And a little bit of feedback from me as well. Um, so they hopefully learn what it takes to review as an auditor or as a developer, right? So that is the care process. There are still details I can get into, but that is care, right? What is what, what's happening today? And this is obviously limited by the bandwidth, right? We can't have everyone, like, 128 people doing the review because somebody has to review, uh, somebody has to check their uh, findings as well. So that is why we, you know, we need to sort of uh, limit or select uh, the number of care participants, and that is where the race comes in, which today is still a smart contract security based quiz, uh, but it can, you know, change forms. It can become a CTF or something else later. But participants in the race take this multiple choice quiz and the top participants are invited to the care. So that's roughly the process. There are uh, other sort of uh, things that have been worked out, but uh, yeah. How's y'all been, uh, as someone who's participated in this and obviously gotten to the top, what's been your experience of, of, of doing this and then getting exposure to real world code and um, projects that come in? I think the yeah that that care the being like being able to feel like an auditor kind of uh, was really interesting and like looking at code like so basically you you are given code from a real world protocol as uh, Rajiv was saying and you don't know anything about it and you have to review it so just like uh, and like a regular auditor would and one thing I I think was really interesting is like you see uh, how much. Uh, how important the documentation is like that's something that's often overlooked by like a lot of developers and so you're looking at the code and you can run all the tools and you can uh, like check all the pitfalls like the common pitfalls that solidity has but if you don't understand deeply the protocol like you're not going to actually be able to test it and to find like really like a big exploit that could be in the code so first thing you have to do is like dig in the documentation and like uh, make sure you understand what the developers wanted to actually do. And so that's like the what, the thing that like j like that I noticed like uh, uh, documentation is so important and like you just throw your code at an auditor sometimes and you it's not commented well and like they have no idea what they are looking at. So. The code so, comments itself, David, don't you know? Yeah, I do. shaking his head. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and being a, a smart de contract developer myself, uh, I mean, as far as I know, like auditing and developing are two very different jobs. Like it requires basically the same knowledge of the system, but the way the way your mind is shaped into either building secure code or auditing other people's code, that's completely different. But both uh, have also this thing that you really need to understand what you're doing and what the system is supposed to do. And just like auditors sometimes might end up with code that is poorly documented and they don't know what they are auditing. Sometimes you also have people looking for smart contract developers that have an idea 
uh, but the idea is very rough, very vague, and they are just asking people to build a contract. And the same way you can't audit, you can't build a contract unless you really know what, what, what the scope of the idea. So it's true that it's on the, on the developer part to properly document the code, but sometimes it's also an issue of web tree management project not taking the effort to to document their protocol properly, like not even at a contract level, at a very high level of explaining what the objectives are, uh, what the, what the stories are for different users, what the workflows are. Yeah, that's certainly something interesting that I think um, a lot of people don't. There's two things there that I want to point out. One is um, the required mind shift of going from developing a, 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 a smart contract protocol to auditing a smart contract protocol. And two is um, the pitfalls you can fall you can fall into if you think that the code comments itself. Uh, because an auditor, if you if say for instance, let's make this scenario, um, I go in for an audit or review. And I give them the code and say like the code comments itself and let me know if it works. The, the auditor, I mean, assuming depending upon how this is done, the, that reviewer can go through it and say, yeah, the, co the contract does what I think it does. Um, but in reality, uh, the contract code does things that the developers didn't quite expect because um, they had one thing in mind of what this thing should do. It does those things, but it does a few other things that they don't want, right? But unless you provide the documentation and user stories and what you expect from this contract code, the reviewers can't tell you if it doesn't do that. And so they say, yeah, it does all the things you expect, but it also does this extra thing, which is against the things you're expecting or may cause issues with the things you're expecting. And you can only do that if you have a solid understanding of what the developers want to be happening. And then the code base they give you that they think does that, right? And, and that's something that can only be done by the developers themselves. And it really helps the, the auditors figure out like, what is it you think this does so that I can give you a much better job of like what it actually does and whether or not um, those, two, those two things match up. Absolutely. I mean, uh, like Hagrid was pointing out, right? I mean, this goes even beyond the developers, right? Because today, um, yeah, code may be comments, and there, there is a school of thought that believes that, you know, I'm not going to read any of the comments, any of the documentation, because what's going to execute is the code, and the comment may be stale, may be outdated, may not even be there, right? So I'm just going to focus on the code. So that's one cue point, right? But what, what, I mean, if you look at software engineering, which is really where security comes from, and software engineering has been around ever since software was developed. We had to move significantly to the left where we have requirements, where we have design, we have specification. And I mean, we are talking about documentation, right? Which is not even specification. And, and I mean, Kuri, I mean, we have talked about this uh, so many times. Specification is you know, what this is supposed to do, right? And documentation is what this does. And code comments, be it math spec, uh, you know, in solidity, or be it, I mean, people are surprised, uh, as David was alluding to, when you look at it from an auditor's perspective, right, and when you see that there is this protocol that just has a readme file that is, you know, fits in your screen, and maybe a few comments, and zero NAT spec, right, so... Yeah, well, right. I mean, that's that's what the auditors get, and the context from an auditor's perspective is also very critical. And this is something Jocelyn has brought up in his uh, in, in, uh, 
and others in the safe cash shows is auditors are obviously tremendously overworked at this point, right? They're jumping every week between different protocols. So they're going to get, uh, you know, as an example, let's say David's protocol to audit for two weeks from Monday and they're looking at it, right? So they have to know as much as David and maybe 10 times more to be able to break it and point out security issues, right? And in two weeks, and David's team, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not picking on you, David, just using this example, but uh, David's team has been building, let's say, building this protocol for the last six months, right? So they know what the user experiences, the personas are, every, I mean, they're supposed to know. And Jocelyn's team is supposed to sort of reach David's team's level and, you know, go to the bottom of the seabed in one or two days or three days, right? How is that possible if they're just supposed to look at the code, look at the contracts and everything else, right? So that, I think, is sort of beyond just, you know, being audit ready. I mean, that's where I think uh, projects like DeFi Safety and other things that Puri uh, has also been part of, that's where they come in, is to look at, okay, does it have a spec? Right? Does it have all the contracts listed? Does it have the dependencies? Does it have the actors? Does it have the trust model? Does it have a threat model? I think some of the top projects in this space, uh, you know, the very security conscious, very security minded projects have that. But it would probably be fair to say that, I mean, if you look at the whole sea of projects, right, uh, most of them don't today. Uh, I don't know how Adrian, I mean, uh, or David feel about that, and Corey, I mean, you have seen a lot of this as well. I don't know, in your experience, do people have these things? Uh, I think Adrian can talk a lot, a lot about this, no? Well, I mean, some people definitely do, uh, and some don't. And, and sometimes that's also the difference between a successful Web3 project and an unsuccessful one is the ability to, I mean, to, as far as I know, for a product to be successful, it has to be perfectly executed from start to finish. And and for it to happen, like you need to have a vision that is clear, you need to have a documentation, you need to have everything that is fairly well sought out. And, and I'm not an auditor, but I would expect like these big projects that are building complex things in an effective way to, that it's visible during the release phase. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just I'm just delusional about that. Well, uh, to bring it back to security, I'm like I I I'm glad that we were able to highlight that for those who are interested um, in learning more about smart contract security and Web three security, like this program gives you exposure to not only the knowledge you need to understand how to think about smart contract developments, but depending upon which direction you'd like to go, it exposes you to like how to think about this from a developer, how to prepare yourself into being an audit by giving yourself real world like examples and and work with, with teams. And um, it's a community of people from all reaches of, the th of, of Web3 security to ask about. So um, to wrap up, how do people get involved and where can they go to learn more? Um, 
Securium, like I said, just exists on the Discord. So hop on to the Discord. It's, it's all open. Um, there are many uh, people who are active in different aspects of it. Um, all the mentors, you know, Cody included, they all have dedicated channels on it. And uh, I mean, it's surprising, but a lot of them do take the time to actually respond. So if you, you know, if, if, if you're just starting out or if you have uh, uh, deep questions about any aspect of OpenZamplin or Solidity or security in general, off-chain, any aspect, right? So you will find people there, hopefully, who will, uh, you know, who would have spent a lot more time um, looking and thinking about those things. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, just hop onto the Discord. All the... Um, Material for the learn is there, uh, at least the what was developed in Epoch Zero, um, and, and I mean I should say that a lot of it was actually I mean did come from Open Zeppelin. Some of their, uh, I mean all their libraries uh, uh, contracts that they have out there are really well documented. Uh, so all of Solidity 201, if I remember, I think was just compiling. I mean, it, it made my task easier back then was to really look at uh, all the open Zeppelin uh, libraries and sort of compile all that stuff. Needs um, to, obviously there's a lot of room for improvement, but yeah, so hop on, take a look at the content, uh, do contribute. Uh, there's nothing better than uh, learning by doing. So if you are coming from a security background, then feel free to write your first uh, smart contracts and Remix or any other hard data else but if you're coming in from a solidity perspective look at uh, i mean all the races all the quizzes are uh, published all the q a's are there on discord so from you know from all the previous ones so take a look at it uh, there are discuss channels where uh, there are some people who are more active than others they're happy to answer questions of solidity the security stuff so do that and then when you feel you're ready to actually take part in the quizzes the races uh, there is a very simple registration. It's all free. Uh, so register, you get an access code, and every month the plan is to have at least one race. So we just had one uh, race in Feb. Uh, we had another one just got done in March. Uh, and we have, I mean, fantastic. So the question that I get uh, is what happens after the business, right? So like we said, CARES are where really the practical experience happens. Uh, so there are multiple protocols coming in, but there are also other collaborative partners who are coming in, uh, not necessarily protocols. So we have uh, Spearbit, which is uh, building an audit DAO. So they have come in, they're partnering on multiple CareXs. So CareX is just a customized version of Care uh, that has some extra care. Uh, so Spearbit, whenever they want to audit a protocol, they bring their partner protocol to get a care done uh, with the security community. So it uh, I mean, that's that's one way to do it. Uh, we also had Sherlock just come in with the capture the flag, uh, which was actually very interesting. Uh, so that's all there uh, on the Discord. Then we have actually ongoing is a Sertura KRX, where uh, there is there was a workshop that happened with their approval technology. Uh, so that happened for about two weeks, and we have a care of the Badgerdao protocol going on. And then the two weeks after that, the 16 participants are going to be applying the approval tool on the Badger Down protocol, right? So all these participants are really uh, learning a whole lot. They are, you know, learning and they're hopefully going to build a reputation in the space, be it a developer or a security uh, auditor or a security uh, person. Um, and we are going to be distributing NFT badges 
uh, that show what your race performance was or care performance was. All this will be on chain uh, for uh, you know for to build your security or security resume, if you will. And then uh, yeah, then if you're planning to jump into a career in security, then uh, all the collaborative partners, be it Spearbird, Sherlock, uh, Sertura, all uh, all the partners. I mean, everyone is hiring, right? So yes. if you Yes, so we are. Our, our status uh, yes, are. <laughs> opens up and maybe so so yeah all those things happening but yeah starting point is the discord i mean the website is unfortunately outdated but yeah so hop on to the desk great adrian david is there any um shout outs or closing thoughts you'd like to say before we wrap up uh yeah i mean i don't know when that will be live but uh as we discussed before the calls there is a lot of in live events that are happening soon in the security space, I'm thinking of whatever is happening in Amsterdam, like there is a trust text event. Open uh, Defender is having a hackathon. So, I mean, obviously, uh, initiatives like Securium are, are, are great, and they were particularly great during this pandemic crisis. But I also think that uh, being part of the community also sometimes goes through through attending live events, being able to discuss with security researchers, being able to, to discuss with developers and listening about their latest finding doing calls. So anyone want to see us uh, in Amsterdam or at another event later on, feel free to to, to give us a shout out to, to say hello and, and, and to discuss security. Absolutely. Well, all, at least three of us will be in Amsterdam. David, will you be there? Uh, yeah, so all of us so, will be yeah. all of us will be in Amsterdam this next month. <laughs> and David, any, any final final thoughts? Uh, just wanted to say thank you again to to you, Curry, for having us, to Rajiv for Securium, and uh, and of course also to Hadrian because I use uh, your work every day, so it's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks a lot. And actually, like since we talked about like uh, what I'm working on, like I didn't even say the name, so I might as well say it. Uh, so I work uh, at Angle Protocol. It's a stablecoin protocol on Ethereum. So go check it out. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, see you next time, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Cody. Thanks for that.